The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and I'll tell you what, this is going to be the first time in over five years that I'm doing what I'm going to do on the show today, which is just for the first segment, the first 15 minutes, I've got to talk to you. Then my guest, Michael Couch, will be on for the rest of the show, but this is how excited I am about the Epilepsy Foundation's Leadership Conference that I just returned from in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, as all of my listeners know, you know I am a woman living with epilepsy, and I'm the CEO of Bender Consulting Services, a company that provides competitive employment for Americans with disabilities and Canadians at Bender Consulting of Canada. But also I'm so excited, so proud to be the new chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation. That is why I was at this conference this weekend where we brought in all the volunteers. Do you know what a volunteer is? That's what we call whoever is the chair of the board in whatever city and all the executive directors. And you know what? It was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievably fantastic. I have to tell you some of my highlights right off the bat was the fact that we gave out the superlative awards just for incredible accomplishments. And I have to tell you about the Advocate of the Year Award because it went to my friend, your friend, Tony Quello. Oh, it was so exciting. And guess who got to give him that award? Deputy Director Christine Griffin. She had been there the day before speaking. Of course, that is her hometown, Boston. So she came to the dinner to surprise Tony, and she gave him the Advocate of the Year Award. And you know what? Does he deserve that or what? He he deserves Advocate of the Century. But that was one of my highlights. Also, Bill Bronlich, a man who has helped us for so many years in Massachusetts and Rhode Island with the Epilepsy Foundation, was Volunteer of the Year. And if you know Bill, this man, he has a child with epilepsy, and he is so committed. And you you know what? It was if you gave him a million dollars. He was so thrilled when he got this award. See, there are three million Americans with epilepsy. We have a leadership conference once a year. We will be having it next year in Long Island, California. And I'm telling you what, if you ever want to go to this, just get in touch with me at BenderConsult.com or www.EpilepsyFoundation.org because it is about leadership and education and building relationships. That is what it's all about. The city of Chicago, 
won the Public Awareness Award, Florida, the Program for Excellence Award, and Gail Punsack from Colorado was named the Executive Affiliate of the Year. Now, you may not know these people, but I am mentioning them on the air because these are people who are fighting the fight every day of their life for people with epilepsy. And epilepsy, by the way, is not in one little compartment. May I remind you that there are people who are deaf who have epilepsy, people with cerebral palsy who have epilepsy, people who are blind with epilepsy. It is not one silo. That is why, folks, we all got to start working together. I mean, I saw it right before my eyes what happens when a group of people work together. It was just fantastic. And I am asking you, that's why I wanted to do this show at the beginning, if you have an epilepsy office in your city, wherever you are, please make a donation. Please help them out. And I am speaking now from my good friend Greg Grumberg, the TV show star of Heroes. Greg's son, Jake, is a person with epilepsy, and he is really helping us out, being a spokesperson. As a matter of fact, after the show's over, listen to talkaboutit.org. But don't go, don't go now, because then you wouldn't be listening to the rest of my show. So wait till it's done, talkaboutit.org, and you're going to see TV stars, movie stars, rock stars, all these people talking about epilepsy. That is one of our biggest problems in America and the world, for that matter. You know what it is? That we don't want to talk about it. No, we want to keep it a secret. And why do we want to keep it a secret? Because we're ashamed. Because of the fear. And I'm telling you, in the five and a half years I've been on the radio here, on Voice America, I have never had one segment at the beginning where just I spoke. Never. I've had a guest, one-hour guest every show. My only reason for doing this is as the new chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation... I have to be honest with you. I am so fired up. I had to talk about this great conference. I had to talk about it because I could see what happens when people really do work together, when people really have passion for anything that concerns our movement. Folks, there are 54 million Americans with disabilities. We've got to get it together. We've got to stop waiting for people to help us. We've got to get out there and be the change. We have to make it happen. And before I go to break, one other thing I wanted to talk about is Mr. Ted Kennedy, Jr. and his brother, Congressman Patrick Kennedy, which I am so honored next week to be presenting with Ted Kennedy, Jr. in Connecticut, talking to a group of uh, employers. But I want to tell you this right now. You were awesome on Larry King Live last night, both of you, on every show you've been on. But, wow, what did you all think out there when you heard Ted Kennedy Jr. say his commitment in life is to the disability community? Isn't that awesome? He is awesome. He means it, too. He really, really means it. 
And I am fired up, but I want to get all of you fired up because we've got to stop waiting for that knight in shining armor to save us so you have employment, so you have housing, so you can go out there and make it happen. We have to make it happen. And you know what? The only way we are going to make it happen, only way, is if we are all working together. That's it. I want to say a special hello also to Yoshiko Dart, the wife of Justin Dart, a legend in our time, one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time, because you know Justin also taught us about working together. He did. And without him, we would not have an Americans with Disabilities Act, just as we would not have so much that we have today if it were not for Tony Quello, who has done so much for us, and who, as I mentioned before, was with me at the Epilepsy Leadership Conference. Well, I bet you're all going to go next year because you're saying, wow, she's really excited about this Epilepsy Leadership Conference. I am, and if you would have been there, one last thing, you could have seen my radio, my TV show. We went from radio to TV, and we put on a show called Disability, instead of Disability Matters, Talk about it with Joyce Bender. And I've got to tell you, you know who the stars of the show were? The 20 people I interviewed. They were absolutely awesome, fantastic, and you're going to be seeing it soon on YouTube. But right now we're soon going to be going to break, so sorry that I had to get all that off my chest, but I love this leadership conference. I really did. And I want you to take time to find out where is the local office in your city, wherever it is, so you can get in touch with them if you're a person with epilepsy. Go meet with them. Make a donation. Do whatever it takes. Come out of the shadows. No need to be afraid. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break so we can get back on here with our guest for today, Mr. Michael Couch. This is Joyce Bender. You are listening to America's Voice, where disability matters every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day. We'll be right back with Michael Couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. 
Attention homeowners, have you completed your home improvement to-do list? Bring your blueprints, floor plans, and ideas to the Big Maricopa County Home and Landscape Show, sponsored by KitchenCraft, September 25th, 26th, and 27th at the Arizona State Fairgrounds. Find the best deals on thousands of building, remodeling, interior design, and landscape products. Stroll through the oasis in the desert landscapes. Attend the free home improvement and gardening seminars. Look for the new product signs throughout the show to see the latest innovative products and services on the home improvement market. Visit the National Association of the Remodeling Industry Home Improvement Resource Center. Tempt your taste buds with wine tastings and cooking demonstrations. Start planning your holiday entertaining with ideas you will find at the fabulous tablescape displays. Find one-of-a-kind treasures in the arts and crafts marketplace. It's one-stop home improvement shopping at its best. In one location for three days only. The Big Maricopa County Home and Landscape Show, September 25th, 26th, and 27th at the Arizona State Fairgrounds. For free admission tickets, visit the Home and Garden Expo Centers or go to maricopacountyhomeshows.com for half-off admission tickets. This is the big one, so don't miss it. An ordinary sunny day. An ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids. And they were doing nothing. They were couch slouching. They were rug imitating. And lazy minute after... Lazy minute was passing them by. When suddenly... Huh? Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Well, welcome back to the show, and hey, I forgot one last thing, and that is that the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania at that conference I was talking about won the Standards of Excellence Award, Judy Painter and staff. You were awesome. Congratulations. Okay, well, finally, now that I've calmed down for being at that leadership conference, we have as our guest today Michael Couch from Michael Couch and Associates. Um, and, Michael, how are you? Joyce, uh, good, to, good to talk with you. Good to have you. Hey, Michael, before we get going, um, I always like to first tell our guest what the person's involved with. So how about if you explain to our listeners what is Michael Couch and Associates? 
I'll be glad to. And before the, I do that, too, I'd like to congratulate you on uh, the uh, your new assignment with the National Epilepsy Foundation. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you, thank you. It is so exciting. Well, you're a great. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Pittsburgh fan, and you're a great supporter of Pittsburgh and some great causes. So I love to see great people doing great things. So thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. And yes, uh, yes, yes um, and in case you forgot, we are the home of the. Super Bowl champions and Stanley Cup winners. I just want to remind you. Yes, Go ahead, just Michael. Don't, just don't mention the Pirates. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Michael Couch and Associates. It's sort of the culmination of my uh, 30-year career where I spent a good bit of time uh, doing organization effectiveness work and continuous improvement work, a lot of human resources kind of things. But I also had a chance to uh, run a business unit for a couple years and also run uh, manufacturing operations. So when I had a chance to go out on my own, I thought it would be nice to uh, combine all those things uh, into a practice where I can help uh, businesses grow and, uh, and try to pass on what I learned from all those years. Good. That's good. Well, 30 years, that's about how – that's when I started – here in employment. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. great. Yes. Yeah. Well, I also uh, know you were on internet radio for a while. Yeah, right here on uh, right on right here on Voice America. I had my own uh, my own show on the uh, on the uh, business network. Uh huh. How did you like it? Oh, I loved it. I loved it, and I, I have to thank you again also for that. It, your uh, comments about uh, your enjoyment of doing the radio show and the and how it's uh, assisted your cause and your business is really one of the key things that convinced me to to give it a shot, and I just loved it. I you know, had a chance to meet a lot of great people. I think I ended up learning more than uh, maybe even my uh, my listeners did, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's that's one of the big benefits from uh, being able to connect with a, a lot of cool people. And you know, looking down over your guests over the years, it looks like it's given you an opportunity to talk with some pretty amazing folks. Yes, we have. And then we, have be- we have had people from... Uh, NFL stars to senators to CEOs, and next month is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Great. And we are going to have Kathy Martinez, the new Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy. It's just one of my examples we're going to have one. So, Great. Um, but you're right. It is a mutually great experience. I want to ask you something about that, Michael. What's your opinion of... A lot of people feel we're going to move in that direction, radio moving to Internet, yeah. especially because of the power of the social networks like Twitter, Facebook, all sure. of that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I really see it going that way. You know, um, This was real my real first exposure to uh, interte- Internet talk radio, actually. But uh, I was amazed to, to, to see the amount of great content. Uh, and I was also amazed at the number of, uh, people that it was able to connect me with, uh, you know, our, the listeners in our program, you know, we measured in the thousands, which was fantastic. Uh, but then it's also on demand, so you can it, you can pick the content and you can pick the time that you want to listen to it. And I think it's a great way in, a, in this day and age for people to to be able to learn learn new things and hear some uh, some differing opinions. So yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's a, obviously a, a growing uh, medium. And I think the direction you're pointing out there is, is quite a likely outcome. Yeah, and you know, um, when you were saying about it, it's on demand, as you know, all of the shows are archived, so you can go back and listen to them if you missed the show live. I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how many hours people listen to archives. Yeah, I was really surprised with that. And then now when I found this great uh, trove of information, it's it's gotten me exposed to it. So, you know, 
when I start thinking, geez, where can I find more information on something? It's just another great resource that, you know, this amazing uh, Internet thing brings to us. Uh, and then, you know, the, and like I said, I learned a lot from it, and it, it dawned on me that, uh, you know, my guests were great folks. Uh, we had a lot of interesting conversations, and we, we turned around and said, well, geez, let's write a book uh, based on the radio show. And uh, so that's what we're doing right now, working on uh, each of my guests are going to contribute something uh, to, uh, to a book. that you know, The theme of my uh, program was around helping businesses grow. Uh, it was called The Voice of Business Growth. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the next new adventure for me is, is uh, uh, get, get into the uh, book publishing business and then do that with a number of my, uh, my uh, great guests. Oh, well, you see, we'll be able to have them back on when that book's out. Yeah, exactly. That, that is love. awesome. That is really love great. That, that is great. You know what? I have my first question from you. As you probably know, we do advertise uh, online on Twitter yep. and on uh, Facebook. And the first question is, uh, Michael, I have a question for you. As a teacher at a community college, yep. you try to stress to young people how important communication is in their ability to be successful in their career, and that's from a Nancy. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, you know I do a lot of work uh, with uh, organizations on trying to help them uh, develop their leadership talent and to uh, and to identify folks earlier in their career who they can start depending on and uh, building their business around. And uh, the, the the importance of communication is is is, uh, is is a component of all those discussions. And then in this day and age, there's a wide range of communications you're talking about as well. Uh, but being able to be to be up in front of a group, to be able to, to speak, uh, you know, comfortably, uh, you know, maybe some cases impromptu. Uh, you know, a lot of leaders get challenged by media these days. Uh, in this, uh, you know, so you need to know how to how to express yourself well. So I I almost couldn't uh, overemphasize how important it is to uh, to to be thinking about getting uh, coaching about or or working on communication at every phase of your career. Yes, and things have so changed as far as, you know, remember, I'm 55 years old, so I, there was a time there was no, I know it's hard to believe, no cell phone. Yeah. Imagine, people used to go on vacation at one time without a cell phone. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the same age, so it's, uh, it's tough to remember back to those good old days, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure if you're a young person on the show, you're saying, what? What do you mean, good old? That would be terrible. But, I mean, that is, it was so different because you would be on vacation and you would have to stop and think, wait a minute, I have to go use a phone somewhere to call and check in. You know, I can still remember calling yeah. in and working on some business deal from uh, at, in Las Vegas from some casino from, a, you know, their phone there, you know, from a phone booth. But it was so different, and, of course, no BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's um, you know the, uh, the the emphasis on on communications in a career. I just talked with the CEO of a, a multi-billion dollar global corporation, and uh, it surprised me when he said that he spends probably two to three to maybe four hours a week uh, blogging. Uh, but he's blogging to employees. He's uh, you know on, has a blog for uh, for stock analysts. And so he, he views it as a very important medium. And um, I can guarantee you that the, the content and manner in which he communicates there has a huge impact on him personally and on his business. So being effective in written, 
you know, an oral and in stand-up presentation is is a hallmark of almost any successful career in my book. Yes, that is so true. And uh, you know, what public speaking, I try to always encourage all of the young people with disabilities that I do train how important it is to you know try to work on toastmasters or speaking yeah. at their church or synagogue or mosque, wherever it is, but getting out there and speaking because. Uh, when you do gain employment, it's going to be a whole new world because then you meet people that are older. Yes. And well, it's a whole and, new uh, world. And I was glad that Nancy's question was from, uh, and she's uh, an instructor or a teacher at the community college. My wife has been doing that for 30 years, and her uh, and she teaches uh, oral communications. And when it comes down to, the, the, we, we were just talking about this recently, that she really feels that it, her, her class, the work she does ends up building self-confidence as much, if maybe even more, than it does improve um, communication skills. And that's one thing, by getting up in front of a group, it's a big fear for people, but uh, it's a huge confidence builder. And I think uh, for almost any person in their career, you know, I I felt that when I started my own business, it was really more of a confidence issue that you can do this than anything else. So that's the other big uh, benefit from working on your communications. You know what? You are right on. Because we have found, for example, for people with disabilities, just going to a class, just getting up and going to class makes such a difference in helping to start building their confidence. It really does. Yes. And it's a, I mean, and confidence is an important foundation. With that, uh, you know, in this day and age, I keep using that term, but a career is not so much moving up as it is moving around. Uh, you know, successful people uh, try. You know, have a variety of experiences. They lead a project. They uh, they uh, start a plant. They uh, work on a new team. They get exposed to new people. That's really how you develop capability. But the foundation there is you got to have the confidence that hey, I'm going to go maybe do something in an area that I've never been in before. And I think that is uh, uh, if people are willing to do that. And if organizations give people more of the opportunity to fail but to learn from those situations, then uh, I think it's a benefit for, for employees and for companies both to, to create that kind of confidence-building environment. Yes. And you know what? Do you see any change at all, uh, Michael, in the Pittsburgh region with attracting young people? Yeah, um, more and more. Uh, and there's a couple of groups that I've been associated with that I, I'm excited about the emphasis on a new, you know, the, the next generation in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I've always felt that I've you know been here since 1980. I always thought it was a great place for almost any, uh, you know, any generation, <laughs> any age of employees. But I think particularly with the the uh, great outreach work. Uh, that, that uh, Carnegie Mellon and Pitt and uh, are the great resources here, not of attracting uh, folks, but then also um, you know creating business opportunities in the area. Uh, I, I think it's changing, and uh, the fact that we're able to attract the G20 here uh, and some other factors, I, th- I think uh, Renaissance three or four, whatever we are, I think is it's it's a good description. I think Pittsburgh uh, has some great things coming for its future. You know what? What a year we've had. Yeah. I mean, we have a Super Bowl, we have a Stanley Cup, now we have the G20 conference coming here. Yeah. It I, is so awesome. And it's uh, I've had the opportunity to, to bring some new folks to Pittsburgh and uh, who have never been here before, and every single time they are 
amazingly impressed, you know, particularly like driving through the uh, Fort Pitt tunnels on, and, and see the downtown uh, loom up in front of you. It takes their breath away. But um, I think uh, it's, we're finally overcoming our uh, the old steel smoky reputation. And if you can't find something in Pittsburgh that excites you, then you're not looking. <laughs> You're right. You're I, right. I, I, I mean, too many they are going to they are going to love it when they come here. Yes, yes, they will. And I think I'm glad G20 is coming and and uh, putting us in the spotlight. I think we'll do well. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to go to break. Great. Then we'll be right back with Michael Couch, the president of Michael Couch and Associates. If you just tuned in, you are listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters. On voiceamerica.com. Don't you go away. We'll be right back with Michael Couch. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back if you just joined us. We are today talking to Michael Couch from Michael Couch and Associates, 
who owns a business in my own town, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, who has done a lot of work in the human resources area and in the area of employment. That is why, Michael, I wanted to ask you, you have done a tremendous amount of consulting. Uh, here's the question. Why do you think people with disabilities are at the bottom of the hiring pool? In other words, even in our own federal government, sadly, although President Obama says he's going to change this, but when he took over, the employment of Americans with targeted disabilities was a whopping, ready everyone, drum roll, yeah. 0.88%. Oh, my goodness. Not 10, not 12, not even 1. Not even 1%. Right. And in the private sector across the board, there are 60% of people with disabilities are not even in the labor pool to be counted. Well, and I... I... You know, it's, it's probably not a simple answer, but, I, you know, there's, there's two things that I see, and I'm hoping that some of this is changing. First of all, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, organizations don't realize the great pool of talent that they're missing there. Uh, and uh, so many companies now, you know, it's amazing, even with the economy as it is right now, I have a, a number of clients who are still struggling with growth and struggling with finding the talent they need. And when I, when I step into their process of what they do, they've been doing the same old thing in terms of trying to identify and select talent. And it's often a screening out process. You know, they may, they want to try to get down to the best candidate immediately. I try to convince them that the process ought to be a screening in process. If they really want to find the best people, they really need to expand the pools of talent that they're looking at. And this, and now that can be, um, older workers, it could be, you know, disabled workers, it could be, uh, you know, folks they just never thought about before. And they'll find the talent. They've got to increase their pool. So I think that would be it's the advice I give to organizations. And it just amazes me that after all these years, uh, uh, there's still a lot of companies who don't get that. <laughs> that the talents is that there, they're just not looking the right places for it. And then they need to have a process where they're inclusive, not exclusive. Uh, and then on the other side, I also see, and then this is uh, an issue particularly maybe with the younger generation, and you touched on it um, uh, in, your, in, your, uh, in your description of the leadership program and, what, and where you'd like to see that all go, is that uh, people need to step up and take responsibility, too. Uh, and finding a job and, and a career is not like it used to be, as you, as you and I had, had, uh, had touched on. And the idea that it's uh, almost anywhere in your career now, you've got to be a good networker. Uh, you never should let your network fall apart, and you have to be as a good networker inside a company as you are outside. My guess is that, you know, that getting into the right ne network might be a challenge for, uh, for some folks with disabilities. So there could be an opportunity, and I, that's why I love mainstreaming. Um, you know, I think, it, 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 I think it, it, it gets to the point where uh, you have to meet the right folks. It's almost like the, uh, the comparison will be, <laughs> Years and years ago, when uh, women were getting into the workforce, they weren't part of the right net network. There was the old white guy, you know, network, and that was about it. But that's changed uh, with the with technology. Um, so I think that's uh, you know, that would be you know my advice or my my thinking here is that companies need to understand and and rethink their their sourcing of talent. They need to rethink what it takes to be successful in this day, uh, in, in this economy, and in, in the business challenges. And then uh, almost, uh, you know, any employee uh, now needs to rethink and understand more about what it, or, or potential employee, what it takes to be able to be, um, to uh, and attract an employer. Uh, so two sides of the issues, I guess. 
You know what? I'm really glad you said that, Michael. I am. Because, of course, I know it's a fact. I know it's true. But for many of us, you know, I found out I had epilepsy later in my life when I was 31. But for many of us who have had a disability from birth uh, or, grown, you know, grown up with this disability, many have been taught, just wait, you know, don't take a chance. Uh, I hate to say this, but really pity. Pity is like racism. Both things lead to unemployment. But here's the reality. Things have changed faster than we could ever possibly contemplate, especially with this last um, economic explosion, you know, in our economy uh, where we have this downward swirl, people losing their jobs, things changing. Well, one of the things that I've noted is that companies – even though they're back okay on track, it's different because yep. they're, they're being very lean and mean. Yes. Have you noticed that, Michael? Yes, uh, you know, and, and, and in some cases, uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you, there's been a lot of concern, you know, about America's jobs going across, uh, you know, uh, being outsourced, going outside the country. But if you look back over the years, uh, America's hallmark has been being innovative and actually getting more productive. That's what's kept us in the fight. So we have to continue to do that, and that means that the workforce has got to keep up as well. You know, if you are, you know, a uh, if you view yourself very narrowly in terms of your capabilities, uh, the world's going to change on you, <laughs> and then you're going to be sitting there and say, "Hey, I'm I'm no longer a, bu- bu- a buggy whip maker because there's just no buggy whips out there." But uh, if you Stay up to date. You keep your network. Uh, you learn. Try to uh, really look from learning from experience and not have having things handed to you. That's going to keep you uh, uh, keep you competitive. And I think it's going to be having having a workforce that's flexible and capable uh, going into the future is going to be key for almost any um, um, modern economy. <laughs> we can't live off the skills and abilities we've had in the past. Those have to be new, and that's a career. If you look at a career, if you use the same behaviors and skills you've always used, if you make a big step into a new role, those typically don't serve you well. You have to learn new things. You have to learn new behaviors. And uh, and, uh, and tying that back to uh, our discussion about the, those with disabilities, it's that confidence issue again, I think. And part of that, you know, the, the what you grew up with, you know, if you've had a disability since, uh, since uh, you were young, uh, that's got to be a, a, a tough thing to overcome from a confidence standpoint. Well, there's no that it has been because people have been given the wrong information. Yes, you know uh, there is no reason you should be like that. But people have been pitied, or people have been made to feel, oh, poor you. You know, just sit over there and wait. In the meantime, I've placed people that are the top performers at companies like Bayer, or Highmark, or CSC, or WellPoint. Uh, I mean, that are outperforming non-disabled people, but people have bought into this, and this has to change. You have to change. You have to do what Michael Couch said. I'm telling you, networking, getting out there, and that's why I always tell people, Michael, volunteer work is one of the fastest ways to do this. Yeah, and that's why, you know, many times when I'm working with people on their, it's on improving an area or, you know, in their career that they'd like to work on. It has nothing to do with their job. It's just the point you made. Well, go volunteer at your church. Uh, if, you've, if you can't, if you really don't, if you have trouble being up in front of people, but you really don't have a chance to do that at work, 
there's plenty of places to do that. If you don't know anything about the technology, we'll volunteer at a place where they need, you know, somebody to try to figure it out. You know, there could be a, a whole range of, of ways that you can uh, get exposed to the capabilities that you need, and it doesn't have to be the exact job that you have right now. Yeah, but you've got to network. You've got to meet people. I mean, and then there are people that I'll tell you what, I'm not kidding you, they hardly know how, you know, to handle this whole new employment world, yeah. you know, because now, remember, if you're listening to this show, remember I told you my age, when I was in my 20s and 30s here in, in Pittsburgh, you know, you were sending resumes. Right. You can walk in and hand someone your resume. Now that day is gone. Yep. Now that you have to apply via their internet, you know, process, and that is, you know, that again is a whole new thing, you know, a whole new way of doing work. Uh, but but my main point is, you can't wait. You've got to get out there. Got to meet people. Uh, when you do talk to employers, Michael, yes. what are some of the things they tell you that they're looking for? Traits. Yeah, probably one of the more common thing that's popping up uh, now is I call it an area of business acumen, and that's really understanding a lot more about the the market that a company is in, the competitors that they're you're, they're up against. Uh, you know, there companies are trying to do a, a a lot more to get their employees engaged, and the best way to do that is to have them understand what we're all about. Um, you know, there's a greater good here, and that's what we're here to do. If employees can understand that, uh, that really helps in a, a company. So that whole area I call business acumen. That's why it's critical, I think, for uh, for folks uh, even earlier in their career to try to, you know, if you're an entry-level recruiter in human resources, well, get out of there. You know, volunteer for a project that gets you exposed to a customer or gets you out uh, visiting a customer or talking to a customer on the phone, whatever it might be. Uh, to me, that's that's one uh, that's that's one thing that's new and different. Uh, maybe I just don't remember seeing it that much in my past. But you have to understand the the market, customers, and and business that the company that uh, you're, you're you're interested is 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 working in. Right, I agree. I agree. Well, listen, we're going to go to break, and then we will be back to close the show Great. with Michael Couch. But I want to mention. If you just joined us and you thought, oh, I wish I could let someone else, some other young person hear this show, this is some good advice for them about employment, remember, you can go back to voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com and listen to the show because it will be archived. But right now we're going to go to break and we'll be right back with Michael Couch. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Son, we got to talk about drinking. I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't, yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really bad. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, Michael Couch, president of Michael Couch and Associates, has been our guest today. I wanted to ask you, Michael, I know you've met with, over the years, many companies, but presently, when you do consulting work, yes. uh, what do you see as the biggest obstacles right now that companies have in attracting new talent? That's my first part of the question. Yep. The second part is, though, you also know that there was a time and I know you know this, Michael. There was a time here in Pittsburgh where if you worked for one company, Alcoa, Westinghouse, whoever it was, you never leave. Right, right. You, you, I mean, you're there forever. Incredible loyalty. But with um, outsourcing and now with this recent uh, you know, downturn in the economy, of course there have been massive layoffs. It's really hard to envision that people are going to have any type of loyalty. But yeah. wh wh how do you think companies are going to have to deal with all this? Well, I, you know, I, uh, I was in one of those industries. I was in the steel industry in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, in the heyday and then through all the, uh, the, uh, the needed restructuring in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, yeah, you saw the whole uh, sort of employment contract change. Loyalty used to be the, the a key. It used to be 
the real thing that uh, the companies and employees were looking for. Well, that's changed, and, and I think it's changed actually for the better. I, it would be nice to say, yeah, you want people to be loyal, but I like the term engaged. It, really what a company wants folks to, to be is engaged, and I think that, uh, that says two different things, uh, just like we talked about before. That means I think employees need to think a little bit differently about what their role and, uh, and the capabilities they need to bring to the, to the plate. Uh, but then uh, employers just need to be upfront, and things will change. Uh, but uh, while while folks are here, you know they we, they ought to make sure that relationships are built well, that the uh, that they are to, to trying to continuously improve what they're doing as a business so that people can be less frustrated. They need to make sure that they put leaders in the right place, doing the right things, and that's probably one of the areas that I find uh, some of the biggest challenges. Why did that person get in that role? And why did they stay if they're having that much damage on the the the, uh, the workforce? Uh, you know, they're probably not happy. You know, so the, the idea of really doing a good job of identifying and developing your leaders for the future. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, even suggest that employers anymore look for loyalty because they can't uh, judge the future. Things might change, but they ought to keep people up to up to date. Uh, they ought to uh, put them in a, in a good working environment that allows them to be engaged, to feel like they should, uh, you know, put forth additional effort for the company, and they need to. The company needs to, to show them uh, the benefit of doing that. Uh, so it is. A, it's a different a different equation. It also means that HR people and those who are responsible for the people processes they need to think about how get how to get people connected. Um, you know, through networking, how to. You know, there's some great stuff going on out there using social networking internally in companies. They need to think about different ways of deploying talent than maybe they ever did before. So even HR's job is different. It's just not hire, train, and fire. It's deploy, it's connect, it's it's improve. Uh, and, and that's where I uh, am spending a lot of time with companies right now, trying to get them thinking different on both those pieces. Well, yeah, because even the way people communicate, I mean, I, it's a whole different oh, yeah. world, like Facebook. That's a whole different world. I am on Facebook, and the Epilepsy Foundation is on Facebook. But, I mean, you know, there are people that talk to me. That I mean, this is a different form of communication. Here's how. Is that normally, you know, you certainly wouldn't be sending out emails to everyone saying, yeah, and here I am at the Epilepsy Leadership Conference. No. But, but you know, now, no matter who I see, they'll be saying, Hey, how was that epilepsy leadership conference? It's they feel now, you know, like they're all part of your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really a strange phenomena, and, and I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, I, I like it, you know, to be on Facebook. But I was thinking about that the other day, thinking, wow, I know people now that they, because of course they get their Facebook and their Twitter on their BlackBerry, that they get back to people through Facebook versus. Through email. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's also the, a very common situation where you may not see your boss ever. Uh, you know, you might be uh, working uh, virtually here in Pittsburgh. Your boss is in India. Uh, you maybe might see each other face-to-face once a year. Uh, but, you know, you still have to do the same, same things as business. The, you know, the, the global competitor model for organizations is getting to be very common. So it does take a whole new approach to communication, and it makes uh, leaders 
uh, it requires leaders to do different things, too, to keep people in tow, to keep them engaged and keep them focused on the stuff that's going to excite them and do well for the business. So uh, thinking through the, the, the capabilities that your organization needs to do that kind of stuff as the, as the economy and business continues to change is, is very, very important. And then using these new technologies to help you do that is also very important. Yes, it really is. Um, and, you know, I want to just add one thing. When you are hiring people, in addition to hiring people with disabilities and disadvantaged and elderly and minorities, don't forget about young people. Yeah. Okay, because I'm telling you, I bring in high school students for internships over the summer. But I also, you know, bring in college students for internships and then end up hiring them when they graduate. And I want to tell you what. Young people bring such a great perspective. Yes. They really do. They bring so much to the table. But, but don't forget about that group. I mean, I know it's hard to get away from this uh, hiring model of must-have experience. Yeah. You know, I only want people with experience. But we really need to move away from that. Well, and I think the, the other thing is... Uh, uh, innovation is a big concern these days. I talk with a number of organizations about that, and one of the, the, the key success factors in building innovation capacity is diversity. You know, yeah. there's a lot of great research that shows that, you know, you can improve innovation almost geometrically by having a wide range of backgrounds, interests, and capabilities focused on a problem rather than just everybody from engineering or something like that. So there's a, that's the other huge advantage to, to following up on what you're saying there is you're going to bring some perspectives that, that you may need to be innovative and to be able to compete. Well, Michael, um, I know we only have about three minutes till the show closes. Sure. So the last two questions I've asked everyone on this yeah. show for the past five and a half years. Number one, what would you say was your greatest accomplishment this year? Um, I, I thought a lot about that, and I was thinking, geez, it's, uh, it was maybe just surviving, but I actually did better than that, so that's not much of an, an accomplishment in the tough economy. But actually, um, did uh, had a, uh, made a significant effort this year to build a whole new network and a community of around of people who are just doing to try to doing what I'm trying to do right now, and that's uh, build and expand a consulting practice. So it was a, a new idea for. Uh, building a new community and a network of people where we can all uh, benefit from, from that relationship. And that's worked out very well, so I'm very proud of that. I just want to say about that, though. Surviving, a small business surviving, that was a great accomplishment. <laughs> You're probably right. And what, I mean, I, you know, it's so <laughs> sad how many people are gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's too It bad. really is. It really is, but that is what happened. Um, okay, well, Michael, if you had one message to leave with our listeners today, what would it be? Well, it's, it's something we touched on, and it's something that I, I just admire about you, Joyce, too. And, and that is, as you think about your job, your career, your company, whatever you're doing, there's always a greater good. And uh, no matter what that is, I, I just would encourage people to think about that in almost everything they do. You know, when I started my business, I wanted to give back to my community, my great community of Pittsburgh, to my career, uh, to my profession, um, you know, and uh, to... Um, uh, and to some causes that are important to me. So there's always a benefit in doing that. I don't know what <laughs> how to put a finger on it, but that would be what I'd leave the listeners today. No matter what you're doing, think about the greater good. That is so true. You know, I, I always tell people that I love my job. 
You know why I love my job? Because I believe I'm on a crusade. A crusade for the employment of people with disabilities. Uh, but if you don't have that, as Michael says, greater good, you're not going to be fulfilled and you're not going to be happy and you're not going to really be able to do all the things you want to do. I mean, it's just so different when you give back. So much better. It is. It is, yeah. and it pays forward always. Yes. And that's what I, you know, the uh, when I started my business, there were people who helped me that I thought, geez, you would be my competitor, but they don't care. They just well, like to see somebody making the effort. They they went through it. They'd like to help out, and so I love collecting people like that, and I, I think it makes a huge difference for you personally, and it, it, it makes a big contribution to whatever community or group or network you're part of. Well, Michael, that's going to be the quote we end with today. Great. And that is, always always include the greater good says michael couch <laughs> michael thank you so much for being with us today. my pleasure thank you for having me. thank you so much and michael what's your website on uh, www.mcassociatesinc.com mcassociatesinc.com check it out this thank is you. joyce bender america's voice where disability matters at voice america .com. Get ready for Disability Employment Awareness Month. It's coming, folks. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.